Hey, good morning, Harvest family and friends. And I uh, just want to say thank you to Nick and Becca and all your kids. It was an awesome time of worship. And I uh, love seeing the kids there excitedly singing along with all the songs and so forth. So thankful for your willingness to do that and to lead us. Hey, as we get started, let me know if I can hear me or not. Uh, I have my phone in front of me, and if I can just get a thumbs up or whatever, make sure I can hear you, that'd be greatly appreciated, and so forth. But let me just start by giving you a couple of announcements as we get started this morning. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm looking forward to the last Sunday of January. Uh, we typically, in years past, uh, we've had Fifth Sunday Fellowships where we brought in a dinner and had a good time of fellowship together. We're not able to do the dinners and the fellowships, but we can enjoy the encouragement of one another. And uh, we're looking forward to a ladies' trio that's going to be coming. The name of the group is called Final Harvest, and they're going to be singing for us in the morning service, doing a concert for us. And uh, it'll be a great time of encouragement. And uh, we'll have some extra chairs set up for that Sunday. We'll just have one service at 1030 uh, here at Harvest Bible Fellowship. And uh, let me encourage you to be there for that. Invite a friend. Also, on February 6th at 11 a.m., uh, we have a baby shower for Brenna Selby. And uh, we're looking forward to that. As we've already said, it is a little boy. And they are naming that little boy Jimmy. So uh, we want to encourage you to be there and be part of that, ladies. And um, if you have any questions about that, you can uh, email Gina or my wife. I think, I don't know who, who all setting that up, but uh, they know what there's what's needed so far and all that things, uh, all those things. So I just encourage you to be a part of that. And then also, hey, as we get started, as Becca said earlier, like and share this video. We're living in some crazy times. And uh, a lot of churches have closed, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of people said, "Well, I don't, you know, we're not having in-service uh, meetings and, or in-person in services and so forth." But we know that God is still able to let the gospel go out, and Facebook has been a great medium for that. Let me encourage you: hit like and share. And uh, who knows who may be in your feed, in your uh, Facebook feed, that may see that link and say, "Hey, I want to watch a message." And uh, let me encourage you to do that. Hit like and share. And then also, Matt Dunn has the link up there. If you want to save yourself some time and energy and effort, if you want to click the online giving uh, button, you can do that as well. That save you time of writing a check and sending it in or whatever. Those of you that are faithful at doing that. So you can uh, give that way as well. And that will just save you a little bit of time. But let me just say, first of all, welcome. I'm so glad that each and every one of you can be a part of this. Uh, there is nothing, as I've said a thousand times, there's nothing in the world that I love more than Sundays. And I love it because I get to see everybody coming to church and shaking hands and fist bumps and elbow bumps and whatever else that we do to acknowledge one another and smiles and so forth. But the reality is, uh, you know, we're not able to do that right now, but that's okay. We will be back in person next Sunday morning. And I look forward to seeing every one of you. Many of you have been asking, hey, how's Dawn? Dawn is doing much, much, much better. Um, i just tell you that coronavirus is real. Um, I don't understand why some people get it and other people don't. But I'm so thankful that uh, she is doing much better. And we're excited about that. 
And uh, let me just encourage you, as a result of this, be in prayer for one another. Um, I, that is such an indispensable tool that we have for one another, to be in prayer for one another. Um, we have a church directory, and uh, I would just encourage you to go through that church directory to uh, basically uh, take the time to... Uh, you know, just go through it name by name, name by name, and uh, write down the names or pray through the names that are on that page, and you know, and just lift each other up in prayer. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I need that. I look forward to that. I appreciate that, uh, and especially the older I get, to realize I realize how indispensable that is. And so, let me just encourage you to pray for the pray for one another, lift each other up as never before. Um, there's certainly much to pray for. We need God at work in our country. Uh, we need unity within our country. We need uh, the gospel to go out in our country. And there's a lot of circumstances in life that are just real difficult right now for many people. But I do know that God has the answer. I know that God is able to help, right? And so we want to lift each other in pr up in prayer as often as we can. Uh, so let me encourage you to do that. Well, before we get started in the message this morning... Um, let me just take a moment and pray and ask the Lord's blessing on the message, and then we'll get right into the Word of God in 1 John. So if you would, pray with me just for a moment, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we are so thankful that we can still, uh, Lord, look at your Word, that we can apply it to our hearts and our lives, and Lord, that we can broadcast over something so simple as Facebook. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to have thousands of dollars worth of cameras and equipment and Lord, uh, broadcasting uh, programs that we're paying for on TV, but Lord, we just simply turn on Facebook, and we're thankful for the opportunity that we have to do that, Lord. And I pray, God, that the Word of God might go forth this morning. And Lord, as I've already seen on Facebook, Lord, there are churches all around the world that have already begun to met, meet, some who will yet meet. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, Lord, wherever the word of God goes forth this day, I ask God that it would accomplish your perfect will. And Lord, I just, uh, Lord, even thank you for the songs that we were able to sing together with uh, Titus's this morning. Thank you that we have the opportunity and the freedom, Lord, to uh, sing songs. And Lord, the, the importance of that, of worshiping together, even in our separate locations, Lord. Lord, your word tells us, and it's actually a testimony of your of salvation within us, Lord. In Psalm 40, that you brought us up out of the miry clay, set our feet upon a rock, established our goings, and have put a new song in our mouth, even praise unto our God, that many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. Lord, we know that music has the ability to turn people's hearts towards you, and Lord, we just thank you that, that that's what happened today. And Lord, we can think about what you're doing and what you've done and what you're going to do. And so, Lord, work in our hearts to draw us closer to you this day. And God, we ask that you would meet with us. Lord, meet here at Harvest in my office, uh, teaching the Word of God this morning, and yet, Lord, the entire church spread out, Lord, from Caledonia to Greece to Henrietta to other parts of Rochester, Lord, and around the world, Lord, we just thank you for your Word and how it's going to go forth this morning. We pray that your will would be accomplished. And Lord, I do pray that you'd encourage people to stand on truth this day and to be students of the word. Lord, I do pray that you would just continue to speak to our hearts, Lord. I pray, God, that you would, uh, Lord, in these days ahead, Lord, that maybe are uncertain for many, uh, Lord, I just pray that you give us a boldness and a courage to stand for what's right. Lord, that we stand on your word and that we would, like never before, 
Lord, seek your face, your throne, Lord, to accomplish what only you can in and through us, Lord, to see the world come to know you. And so, Lord, we pray for those opportunities, and we pray that, Lord, the gospel would go out through each and every one of us, using us, Lord, in, uh, in humility and, and in boldness, Lord. I ask, God, that you would just allow us to be agents of your gospel going out, Lord. So, Lord, be with those that are struggling. Be with those that are uh, dealing with the coronavirus. I pray, God, that you give them strength, give them healing, give them rest. And, Lord, I just pray that you would just allow the coronavirus to stop. And, Lord, just to touch our land, Lord. And, and, Lord, use it as a tool to bring people to you, Lord. So, Lord, work within our hearts, Lord. Uh, thank you for how you have worked and brought healing to so many, Lord. We hear about all the people who are struggling with it, Lord, but we don't often hear about those who have already made it through it. But, Lord, we thank you for your healing touch and pray for more of it, Lord, as we go forward. Lord, meet with us this day, and we trust that, Lord God, that you'll speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm excited for each and every one of you that are here today. If you would, take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 John. Uh, we're going to be finally in chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And the title of the message this morning is, Be Not Deceived, or Don't Be Deceived. Uh, if you would, follow along as I begin reading in chapter 4, beginning in verse 1 chapter uh, of uh, 1 John. So it says, Beloved, and talking about brethren here, talking about those who are in the body of Christ, uh, talking about those who put their faith and trust in Christ, believers, that's the word beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, by this you know that Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He knows who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know, as we look at this and uh, we see God's word is very clear. Um, it says um, we're not to be deceived. We are to, to know the word of God. We're to be in the word of God. We're to be led by the spirit. But there are certain things that we can look at and know whether or not we're being deceived or not. Well, let me before we go any further, let me just remind us that last week we saw the benefits of genuine love from one another. And one of the greatest benefits of loving one another truly is the confidence that we can have in approaching his throne along with the assurance that we are his. Why is that important? Well, it's important because as we go forward, the closer we draw to Jesus Christ, to God the Father, the closer we draw to them, the more that we're underneath the shadow of his care, the shadow of his protection, uh, the shadow of his comfort. And the closer we are to him, the more we know what is truth and what is not. It's the example of a father with a child. You know, the child may hear something as he's out playing with his other friends. And uh, 
Here's the thing. If he's close to his father, close to his mother, he knows that when somebody else says something as a kid, he goes, no, that's not true. I know my daddy. I know what he says. I know what he believes. The closer we are to our Heavenly Father, the more we know what truth is. And when other people around us begin to say something that is not true, we know instantly whether or not it is or not. So draw close to the Father. So well, if you will recall, way back in the introduction of this book, several months ago, we looked at the primary purposes for which John wrote this book of 1 John. Um, essentially, John wrote this, uh, amongst other reasons, to call out heresy and for us as believers to stand against it. As a reminder, John really, really was calling out four distinct groups of people that were prevalent during the day in which he was writing this. Uh, the first group was the Ebionites. And we said about the Ebionites that they denied the deity of Christ. To them, Jesus was just another man like any other man. Uh, well, we know that not to be the case, that Jesus was not just an ordinary man. He was God incarnate, God in the flesh, God love, having left the splendor of heaven coming down to earth. He was God-man. And so they believe there is nothing special about him. So they denied his deity. The second group that John was writing against was a group called the Docetists. They denied the humanity of Jesus. To them, Jesus was a ghost-like figure, not necessarily a human figure, but a ghost-like figure that didn't really come in the flesh. Well, he may be here, but he's more like a ghost than he is a human. Well, we know that not to be the case because he would not have been able to shed his blood for us on the cross of Calvary. The third group that John came to write or came to uh, um, uh, stand up against was the Corinthians. The Corinthians denied both the humanity and the divine nature of Jesus Christ. To them, Jesus could not possibly both be physical and divine at the same time. Well, I, actually, he can because he's God. He can do whatever he wants, and he can manifest himself any way that he chooses. And then, of course, the fourth group is the Gnostics. And Gnostics uh, denied the humanity of Christ's sinlessness. He could not not do evil, in other words. There's no way that a man, if, he's come, if he is alive on planet Earth, there is no way that man could not actually not sin. And so uh, they, de they denied that... He was sinless. And can I just say this? I, I don't think any time that we're out and about in, in the year 2021, we're going to see any, hear anybody talking about the Ebionites or the Docetists or the Corinthians or even probably the Gnostics. But each of these groups still exist today. There are people who deny the deity of Christ. There are people who deny the very humanity of Christ. And there are people who deny that, you know, Jesus could be sinless if he was in was truly on this earth. And there are, you know, there are all kinds of people around us that believe a lot of different things. But here's the thing. God was holy. And he came down to this earth as a holy man. As we come into chapter 4 of 1 John, John is still exhorting the true believers to stand up for what they know is truth. So right away in verse 4 in our text, John says, Do not believe every spirit but test the spirits. You know, the word spirit here is in reference to the one speaking the message. There are a lot of people who are speaking a lot of message. 
And oftentimes he says, do not believe every spirit. And he's referring to the one who is speaking the message. In this case, John is telling these people, do not believe everything that you hear. Don't believe everything that is spoken. And so we're to know the truth from air. So we have to be so careful as to what we're listening to and to what we are willing to accept and believe. You know, there are so many people who will just believe anything that because somebody says that maybe it's an acquaintance of theirs. They've met him before and they seem like a good person or or maybe that's so-and-so's pastor. And, you know, he's a good guy. And, you know, and oh, well, he's on the radio. So, you know, and he's a he's a pastor. So he must be speaking the truth. Well, he says, don't believe everything that you hear just because somebody said it. We have to know the truth and to stand on that truth. And so there are many false teachers who are willing and willfully speaking heresy. There are people out there that they know that what they're saying is wrong and they continue to say it anyway. They have ulterior motives. They have selfish gain in mind. There are so many reasons why they're willing to do that, but they're doing it. In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. <coughs> no, excuse me. There are people who are willing to speak heresy. There are people who will not stand on the truth. There are people who will give in, as God's word says, to deceiving spirits. Deceiving messengers of messages that they, they just want to just say whatever they want to say. And, uh, well, there's going to be somebody who's going to believe it. You know, flip through the TV stations. Flip through the radio stations. You'll easily find examples of those who will not stand on truth. You know, I think about this quite often. When I see people who are selling little packets of water, over the years, I can remember this from the time I was in junior high, uh, watching through uh, different late-night radio sta or TV stations, flipping through the channels and finding somebody who is going to sell a little packet of water. And if you just buy this little packet of water and anoint yourself with it, then all your problems will go away. But of course, you got to plant your $100 seed and you got to plant your $500 seed and your $1,000 seed. And good night, you have to know that this water that they're running from the tap in, their, in the backside of their building is, has no more miraculous power than, than my big toe. <laughs> the reality is... They're selling you a lie. There are, there are people all around us who are willing to do whatever it takes to make a buck. Do whatever it takes to get, get a following. And folks, we have to know the truth. Just because they're a preacher or just because they're well known or just because they've written a book or just because they're on the radio does not mean that they are proclaiming the truth. And because of that, we have to know the truth so that we know when false uh, teaching is being offered in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 8 and 9 says for thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed for they prophesy falsely to you in my name I have not sent them says the Lord so what's he saying here in Jeremiah chapter 29? He says, there are people already within our midst. There are people that we know, people that we have maybe even become good friends with, people that are, are in our sphere of influence. And he says, 
Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you. Don't let them deceive you. Um, for they prophesy falsely, and they what he says, they do it in my name. They're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. But that does not make it true. Well, as John uh, continues, he gives them a test to help them know whether or not what they are hearing is truth or error. The test is very simple, and it's found in the next couple of verses here. Well, here's what he says, beginning verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. He's saying this is how you can know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses, and remember this word spirit here is in reference to the person giving the message or the messenger who is speaking. Every spirit or messenger that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. In other words, he says this. There are people who believe that Jesus Christ came into the earth, came down to the earth from heaven, and there are people who don't believe that. If they do not believe that Jesus Christ came down to this earth as the Son of God to live as a man, God incarnate, he says, if that person does not believe in Jesus, don't trust anything he says. Very clearly. In other words, every spirit or message or messenger that believes that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit or message or messenger that does not believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Very clearly. In 2 John, in verse 7, it says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So first of all, I, I, specifically, we're talking about people who proclaim truth or supposedly are proclaiming truth. If they don't believe that Jesus Christ came down to this earth, that he is exactly who he says he is, that he's done exactly what he said he came to do, do not believe them. I cannot stand on somebody's word if they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God coming down to earth. That's very powerful. Who can I believe? Somebody who believes that Jesus Christ came down to this earth. That's what it says. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. If someone who is speaking powerfully does not believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, do not put your trust and confidence in what they're saying. God's word is clear. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 22 that we looked at earlier, says, Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. says, That man is a liar. And we know what we should do with liars. We don't believe them. We don't trust them. We don't anchor our thoughts, of opinions, and feelings on somebody who is a liar. And then he says in verse 8 of 2 John, to watch yourselves, to watch yourselves, to be on guard, to be ready. And once again, folks, the only way we can know when we're being deceived is to honestly be in the word of God and to know the truth. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3-5 through 5 says, let no one deceive you by any means. That's pretty clear, pretty straightforward. 
in verse 3, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, and the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He's a deceiver. He's false. And uh, rather, in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says this, Rather, we should... These were, four, were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They were willing to take the time to say, hey, if this preacher said it, if this proclaimer of the word says it, I not only want to hear it with readiness, but I want to take what I'm hearing and funnel it through the word of God to make sure that what is being said is really truth. We have to be students of the word of God. Now in verse 4, John gives this people, his people a boost of confidence. It says, you are from God and have, have, have overcome them, them being the people who are deceivers. For he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit indwells us. Because we're born again. The Holy Spirit indwells us. And he's ever present with us as his children. And because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us, he is there to help us and to be able to overcome the air when, when it is presented to us. In 1 John chapter 2, there are two verses, verses 20 and verses 27. It says this. It says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. In other words, God's Word says you have the Word of God. You have the Word of God very, right here in your hands. It's presented to you, and you know the truth. You know what you've been heard. You know what the disciples have been proclaiming. You have the Word. You have the ability to know truth. So he says, you have God's anointing, uh, the Holy One's anointing on you, and you know all things. And then verse 27 says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. In other words, you have the Holy Spirit. I am not dependent upon that person or that person or that person, or even me for that matter. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Word of God. And with those two things, he says, you can know the truth. So, he says, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So, it's a great reminder and a boost of confidence that we have the Holy Spirit within us as his children so that we can know the truth. Going on here, he says in John chapter 14, verse 17, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. What a blessing to have the Holy Spirit within us, guiding us, directing us. And not only that, God's word reminds us in John 14 that we have the Holy Spirit living with us, the comforter that teaches us all things and brings all things to remembrance, the things that he's taught us. So we have, because of the Holy Spirit within us, the ability to know the truth. Going back to verse 1, so don't be deceived. As we look at verse 5 and 6, John shares another test for these people to take. They were to listen to the message. Does the Spirit, and once again we refer to this word Spirit as message or messenger, does the messenger, the Spirit, speak the word of God and message of the apostles who walked with Jesus Christ? In other words, does the message that they're proclaiming identify and line up with and match what the disciples have, that gone on before them were teaching? So, 
You have to remember, these apostles, they walked with Jesus. They were living, breathing uh, uh, cohorts of friends, uh, family almost, if you will, uh, of Jesus who walked with them. They knew the truth. And so he says, when you hear someone speak, does that message line up with what the disciples were speaking and teaching? Um, and of course, for us, we have the word of God. So listen here just for a moment. There are a lot of preachers who do not speak the truth. Be a student of the word. I can't exhort that enough to be a student of the word. Second Timothy 2.15, as we looked at it many times in the past, over and over, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We should know this is not a, an exhortation given to preachers or pastors or missionaries or evangelists or Sunday school teachers or deacons. This is given to every child of God to know the truth, to study it, to know how to rightly divide it so that we know what truth is. So the reality is, he says, you need to know the truth. Is what's being said congruent with what the Word of God says? Is it the same thing? If it's not, we have to get rid of it. Unfortunately, we and most believers have bought into the idea that a good preacher has to be exciting. He has to be energetic. He has to use great stories and illustrations and maybe even be just a bit entertaining. Folks, sometimes we put so much emphasis on the person bringing the message that we overlook the message itself. The bottom line is we have to be, be more concerned with the message, oftentimes even more than it's being presented. You know, it's wonderful when a person is a good communicator. Boy, that's something I think every pastor wants to be, but not all of us accomplish that. Man, there's so many times I wish I could say, I wish I could honestly just look at the message I just preached and re it this way after I've listened to it later. Or maybe I should have brought this into the message. Or maybe I should have said it this way and it would have made just a little bit more sense. And maybe I could have just a little bit more energy, a little bit more excitement. Then it might hold your attention a little bit more. And, and maybe if I could just tell a little bit more you know, creative illustration and a little bit better story, then maybe it will make more sense. And, you know, that's all wonderful, well and good. But, folks, let's not get so pinpointed on how it's presented as what is presented. Folks, we are not compelled to, to listen to a great preacher or a great story or a great illustration, but we should be compelled to hear the Word and to get our focus and our mind and our thoughts on the Word. That's what's most important. And so let us not be so critical of what's being said, I mean, of, of how it's being said, but what's being said. Make sure it lines up with Scripture. Make sure that it stands on the truth of the Word of God. Um, you know, I, I've met people in the past who said, man, I, I get bored at church sometimes. I get bored. You know, shame on us. If our only feeding of God's Word it comes from church, then we're missing the whole point of what it means to know Jesus. See, to know Jesus is a relationship, and in a relationship, we talk to the one that we love daily. In and out, we're talking to those people that we love daily. So it's not the idea of being bored. Um, it's the idea of what does God have for me to learn today when I listen to that preacher, assuming that it's truth, and I follow it through the Word of God, and it is true. What is it that God had to have for me to learn from hearing this message? 
So we need to be careful that we're listening to truth and that we're focused on knowing the truth. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, it says this, But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Wow, that's powerful. But even if our gospel is veiled or hid, it is only veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves are your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Boy, there's, there's something to behold right there in that verse, in verse uh, 5. For we do not preach ourselves. And once again, when you listen to the TV evangelists and pastors and so forth, when you listen to the radio, if they're talking about themselves and everything that they've ever done and everything is revolving around you know me, myself, and I rather than the one, if that's their focus, turn it off. It says, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and the fact that we are his bondservants. We're his servants. And then in verse 6 it says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have the ability to know what Jesus is all about from his very word. And his glory shines through us. You know, I don't know about you, but if we're, if we're going to be true uh, children of God, as it says in chapter 4, verse 1, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe everything that you've, said, that you've ever heard. Don't, don't just take everything that is said carte blanche as truth. Get in the Word. Make sure you know this book. Make sure that you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you so that the Holy Spirit can teach you what's in this book. You know, a lot of people have said over the years, well, they're, they're just, you know, they're just such a good speaker. They never talk mean about anybody. They never, you know, they don't talk about sin. They don't, you know, if they're not talking about sin, if they're not talking about what is true, what is not, you don't want to listen to them anyway. Make sure you're standing on truth, that you know truth, that you're really dividing the truth. And that way you know that you're, what you're receiving is right and good. Folks, let me just challenge you. As we close for this week, this week, get in the Word. Get in the Word. Turn the TV off a little bit earlier this week. Um, put the newspapers down a little bit more this week. Turn the radio off just a little bit more this week. And just take some time to get in God's Word. Take some time to know the truth found herein. And if you do that and make this a priority... God's word says that you can know truth and you'll not be deceived. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but there's so many things that vie for my attention. Man, what's taking place on, on the political scene? I'm interested, but I can only watch it for a few minutes and I get frustrated and angry. And I have to just shut it off and turn it down. And there are times that I just, even music, I, I can remember those younger years. I just wanted to, and those of you that are older and old enough to remember, Pioneer Super Tuner 4. You know, I had one of those in my 1984 Chevy S10. And you turn it up loud and get the music going, excited, you know, but anymore, it's just wonderful to be able to turn it down, turn it off, 
to kind of disconnect from anything that's social, anything that's vying for our attention, and just focus on what God has for us. Get alone with God this week. Know the truth. And when you do, you'll not be deceived. Let me just say, uh, I love the Word of God. I love how it applies to our hearts and our lives. And uh, the more I get to know it, the more I'm encouraged by it. Let me uh, let me just say, it'll encourage you too. Well, let's look to the Lord in prayer. And let me just say this. If you have specific prayer requests this week, uh, I don't know about you, but this is a challenge to me, to turn things off, to turn things down. But if you have some prayer requests this week, just send them to me, info at harvestbiblerock.org. Info, I-N-F-O, at harvestbiblerock, R-O-C, dot org. And uh, there's only two people that get those emails, and uh, I'm one of them. The other one is just someone that overlooks it just to make sure I don't see them. But if you have a prayer request, I would love nothing more than to pray with you, to, to, to go to the Lord in prayer with you. And uh, But let's pray for one another this week. And let's know the word of God so that we are not deceived. Let's look to the Lord in prayer if we could just for a moment. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to know your word, to be in it, to apply it to our hearts and our lives. And I, God, I, I just come before you this week and I ask God that you'd help us to be students of your word, that we would get alone with you, that we would make your word a priority in our hearts and our lives. Lord, be with each one who's who's under the, the message this week, Lord, to have that same desire, Lord, to, to shut things off, to turn things down, Lord, for us to get alone with you, Lord, to that we might just simply take the time necessarily to know your word, that we might know truth from air and not be deceived. God, help us this week. And Lord, we'll be careful to praise you, for it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Just one more word of encouragement. Uh, if you'd like to, once again, give online, I encourage you to do that. It might save you some time from sending a check in or sending some mail in and running around to the, to the post office or whatever else. Uh, you can do that by clicking the link on our, on our post this morning. Uh, also, you can go back and listen to Nick and Becca this morning and their family as they led us in worship. Encourage you to do that if you've not had the chance to do that. But once, once again, just pray for one another this week. And I do hope that you have a great week and uh, that you see God at work in your lives this week. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.